You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Hello, America, and happy Tuesday. We've got a great show for you. Last night, if you were on Just the News around 7 o'clock, you saw a major breaking story. One of the biggest revelations about the effort of the Justice Department to spy on Congress that we've ever uncovered. We obtained grand jury subpoenas showing that five years ago this month, as Devin Nunes and the House Intelligence Committee under Republican leadership began unraveling the Russia collusion story, proving that Hillary Clinton paid for the dossier and that Democrats and FBI bureaucrats and Justice Department intelligence bureaucrats colluded together to create a false narrative that made it look like Donald Trump was in bed with Russia when he wasn't. While that was going on at the height of those major investigative gains made by Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee, Devin Nunes' staff, his investigative staff, people like Cash Patel and others were targeted. They had their private Google email and phone records seized via a grand jury subpoena issued by the Justice Department. That was a blockbuster revelation. And it has sent shockwaves throughout the country from Tucker Carlson to Jim Jordan to members of Congress all across the spectrum, including Congressman Jim Banks. Everybody's reacting to it. Everybody's concerned about it. This is going to be added to the FBI Justice Department oversight hearings next year. Well, because we broke this story, we wanted to bring you up to speed. And we've got two great guests atop the show. Cash Patel, one of the investigators whose phone and email records were seized by Google. He just got notified by Google five years after the fact this week. He's going to come on and explain not only what happened, why it's important, but also what are the remaining questions, oversight issues, legislative fixes, and other things that must occur in order for us to get to a solution, to keep the FBI out of the business of spying on the legislative branch unnecessarily or snooping or eavesdropping, whatever you want to call it. What do we need to do? to keep the FBI out of the business of censorship. So we're going to start off with our interview with Cash Patel. Then we're going to turn to an interview we did last night with Devin Nunes when he first found out that his staff on his watch as House Intelligence Committee chairman, what he thought, and it was a dramatic moment because he actually said, you know what, John, I'm going to say this aloud. I actually think the Justice Department was looking for dirt, blackmail dirt on me or my staff to try to stop the Russia collusion investigation from unraveling. 
That's a powerful moment. You're going to get to hear that. Amanda and I were talking to him on the Just the News No Noise show last night. He said it. He also talked about some of the other things he learned, what he believed was going on. He also suggested it's a lot larger number of potential staffers who were involved. We're going to cover all of that for you in the second block. We can hear directly from Devin Nunes. And then we're going to wrap up with one of my good personal friends, one of the great conservative thought leaders in America. She's got a brand new podcast out, the Monica Crowley podcast that's burning it up on all the podcast platforms across the country. She's a former assistant treasury secretary for Donald Trump, key advisor to Mnuchin and to Trump. Before that, she worked for me at the Washington Times as an editor. Before that, as you know, she used to be on Fox News and had her own syndicated radio show. And going all the way back to the beginning of her career, she was a key assistant to Richard Nixon at the end of his life, long after he left the presidency, but while he was still contributing greatly to the American policy dialogue, particularly foreign policy with Henry Kissinger. Monica Crowley is in the House. We have a lot to discuss. The leadership races, Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, Ronna McDaniel, a lot of conversation there to be had. The legacy of spending that Mitch McConnell has had. Mitch McConnell has been in leadership. It will be 20 years next month. He became a Senate whip in 2003, and he's been there ever since. When he started, the national debt was around $6.3 trillion. Today, it is $31 trillion. That means 80% of the national debt that this country has accumulated over 246 years of its history have occurred while Mitch McConnell was a leader. We're going to ask Monica Crowley, worked in the Treasury Department, saw all those debt numbers rolling up about that legacy. What can be done? When do conservatives get back to fiscal conservatism? Uh, great question to be asking. We'll I'll cover that in the back end of the show with my good friend, Monica Crowley. So Cash Patel, Devin Nunes, Monica Crowley, back to back to back on a Tuesday edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Very excited about that lineup. Now, before we go to commercial break, there's another thing I'm excited about, our incredible partnership with the Birch Gold Group. We're all getting to the end of the year. Yeah, you got to get your tax stuff ready. You got to start getting your taxes prepared in January and February. Don't want to miss that April 15th deadline. And part of that involves going back and looking at your, how your 401k, IRAs, and investment retirement portfolios did. Well, if it's like mine, you probably got a really depressed look when you opened up the envelope, like, my 401k went down. Like, How much? Wait a second. Well, the market is infecting everybody. Pensions, 401ks, uh, the Biden economy and inflation have taken a bite out of all of our investments. Well, Birch Gold Group has an extraordinary opportunity to learn how to convert your qualified IRA and 401ks into a gold and silver backed precious metals IRA. By the way, still tax sheltered, still tax free. And this month, if you get involved and you start doing it, you're going to get a free gold back for every $5,000 you purchase. Free gold back for every $5,000 you purchase. Now, to get started, that offer is only good through the end of this week, December 22nd. Now, Birch Gold will help you own gold and silver in that tax shelter account. It begins by getting their no-obligation, unbelievable free information kit. It helps you understand how precious metals can be integrated into your retirement investment portfolio the benefit of the hedge that you get when metals, which precious metals do much better in an economy like we find ourselves in today. To get started on this journey, to possibly qualify for a free 
gold-backed for every $5,000 you're going to purchase in gold and put into your retirement portfolios. All you have to do is text the word Just News to 989898. One more time, Just News to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold and your retirement strategy. You'll get a chance to talk to one of their precious metal specialists, people like Philip Patrick, who comes on the show all the time to help us understand the economy. But you got until now, until December 22nd, so just a few days to qualify to get a free gold back for every $5,000 you purchase and put into your thing. To do that, just text the word Just News to 989898. Just News to 989898 and get started on an incredible journey to protect your savings with gold today. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Last night, if you're watching Just the News or if you're watching the television show Just the News, No Noise with Amanda Head and I, you saw this story break in real time. An extraordinary revelation. Five years ago this month, the United States Justice Department, knowing that the House Intelligence Committee was unraveling the Russia collusion false narrative, knowing that the FBI and Justice Department was about to be exposed for misconduct and abuses and failures of to follow the rules, decided to spy Snoop intrude on the privacy of Devin Nunes' House Intelligence Committee's top investigators. Well, that is absorbing. People all across the country are absorbing that news today. A lot of reaction, Tucker Carlson, House Judiciary Republicans, were bringing on 
one of those investigators whose civil liberties were intruded on, whose emails and phone records were gathered from Google under a grand jury subpoena with any no clear predicate what was going on. That is our good friend, Cash Patel, former chief senior investigator for the House Intelligence Committee. Cash, a really big story. People are starting to grasp the magnitude of what's going on here. Since the story broke last night, your thoughts to the reaction to it and what we're learning about it. Well, first of all, John, thanks for having the courage to stick with um, such reporting that so many would shy away from because they care about what it makes them look like. Um, I wish we weren't talking about the largest overreach in modern history by Department of Justice to investigate and subpoena intelligence staffers that were investigated and exposed in their corruption. I mean, that is literally a political vendetta to find. And now that we got it out there through your great reporting, you're right. The next thing that we need to do is, okay, now what? And from my perspective as a former congressional staffer and the lead investigator for Russiagate is I know the tools that we can use. And the January 6th committee has shown America the power of constitutional oversight and subpoena authority. With Republicans coming in, they have to start getting subpoenas ready. And they have to be ready to withstand the pretext, the standard boilerplate response. Oh, we were looking into a quote-unquote anonymous tip leak investigation or some random nonsense that – The timing of this just doesn't line up with anything other than political retribution. So as a commercial staffer, as, as, you know, my entire 16 years of government, you know, the one thing I did was abide by the law because it was our duty to uphold it. I didn't leak or commit crimes. I never expected in my wildest dreams to be uh, outed by Adam Schiff and made a target because I was successfully unveiling the corruption at the FBI and DOJ, which is something you would think every American would want to see exposed. Um, so that we can fix it. And now we find out, and here's the thing, John, it's five years later and we're just learning it. So I wasn't the only one targeted. Who else? Did they go after a member of Congress? Did they directly subpoena Chairman Nunes? And how far and who authorized it? And the other question is, you know, subpoena needs to go out to Paul Ryan and company to say, were you notified? Was your staff? Because as, as a former federal prosecutor myself, and you know this, John, You can't just go and investigate the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, a member of the Gang of Eight, a sitting member of Congress, without certain notifications and authorizations from the Attorney General, who at the time was Rod Rosenstein, the director of the FBI, Chris Wray, and the Speaker, Paul Ryan. And it was the Trump White House. Did anyone in the Trump White House get informed, at least White House counsel and whatnot? And we just, there's so much we have to figure out and learn. Um, and it's just starting. It really is a big ball of wax. It has to kind of be unraveled. And so there are many things here. One is because there are separation of powers. Alan Dershowitz was on the show last night and said unequivocally, this appears to violate separation of powers. The executive branch can't be spying on the investigators who are doing a constitutional oversight of the executive branch. So he had that issue. There are procedures that the Justice Department are supposed to follow when they might be intruding on the constitutional authority of Congress. Those were established after the William Jefferson bribery case back in 07. So we need to know if the rules are followed. But when you look at the block that is your subpoena, your name is just one name, but it's about a three-inch block on paper. There is a significant suggestion in that redaction that there are many other people besides the two that we've identified who may also have had their phone records taken. Pretty surprising, isn't it, that it might be a large block of people? Well, you know, if you asked me six years ago, seven years ago, I would say, yeah, it's mind. It's not surprising. It is mind blowing that uh, our DOJ and FBI would stoop to the level of third world republics, but to carry up vendettas against people who are exposing their corruption. But look, as my time as a former terrorism prosecutor in the National Security Division, I use these subpoenas a lot 
I just use them to manhunt terrorists. So it's slightly different um, for me. But how the subpoena is structured is the same. And in that block, they, they, um, you see my redacted Gmail, but there's space for 10 to 12 other what we call selectors, emails, right? I don't have any other Gmail addresses, John. And I know for a fact that DOJ puts in that block every address they want from Google, which is where the subpoena went. And what I'm telling people now is this is just one company that notified me five years later because they have some policy that allows them to. The, the DOJ had a gag order on it for five years. What other companies were subpoenaed? Not just who, but what other companies? Cell phone providers, internet providers, um, other tech giants, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, were they subpoenaed? Why this investigation is just starting. And the only people, and I'm glad congressional leadership on the Republican side is coming in so strong uh, come January, because that's the only way we're going to find out. Congressional subpoenas to those institutions. And then let's list the redactions. Who else was there? Who else is getting subpoenas? What other records? And what is your, the most important question, what is your actual justification, not standard boilerplate government cheese to say, oh, we were just, you know, we got an anonymous tip from, you know, Adam Schiff that Cash Patel was leaking classified information, which we all know is completely bogus. And we should expect them to say that. And then we have to get the documents. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable to, to and that was one point I, I had a chance to interview Kevin Brock, the former FBI intelligence chief, really straight shooter, right? He plays by the rules and he's like, Boy, they better have a darn good predicate for this because you do not start spying on members of Congress on just, oh, there might be a leak thing we have to look at. And he's really concerned given the history of the last six or seven years of the Russia collusion case and the false justifications for things that maybe, in fact, this didn't meet a predicate uh, threshold, which would you know be a really significant problem. And of course, he was one of the first people to point out, like you did and Congressman Nunes did, that there really wasn't a real predicate for the Russia collusion case. That EC that Peter Strzok op opens up on July 31st really doesn't actually identify a crime. When you step back now, the last three weeks have added an enormous new body of evidence to an already troubled picture that you helped paint, right, of the FBI. We had the Russia collusion case. We had lying to the FISA court, omissions from the FISA court, failure to follow regulations, people texting political bias on their FBI phones, now you have the FBI overtly pressuring Twitter to censor. You have the FBI in the Justice Department forcing Google to give up a congressional investigator's private email at a moment when that congressional investigator happens to be investigating their agencies. The idea now that we might have some form of a domestic political spy agency, the FBI sort of operating that de facto way. A lot of people have said that to me in the last 24 hours, that when you take the sum total 2015 to now, it feels like the FBI is just a domestic political spy agency aligned with the Democrats. How do you view that criticism of the Justice Department and the FBI? Well, it's a fact. and It is a harsh criticism to levy, but it's, we have the underlying facts to show that this deep state or whatever verbiage you call exists. It exists whether you're a Democrat or Republican. Look, this was happening on Barack Obama's watch and rolled into President Trump's um, administration with President Trump's appointees in Rod Rosenstein and Chris Wray and others that would later follow, like Bill Barr and Gina Haspel. So what do we have to do? We have to identify these people by name and roll out for the American public their bad acts, their corrupt acts, their unlawful acts, with justified reporting like we've been doing. Show the, the American people the documents, the subpoenas, for instance, in this case. And when we get more production from the FBI and DOJ come January, through congressional subpoenas, we have to put every one of these government gangsters, I call them, on blast 
because they have gone in there and created a two-tier system of justice. One, that evolves around the fact and the law, and as tragically, as a former federal prosecutor, I hate to say the following, but a second tier that revolves solely around retribution, political vendettas, and suffocating any oversight and reporting that shows actual corruption at our agencies and law enforcement and intel that are supposed to be working for the American people. They have missed the mark repeatedly um, from starting with Russiagate, and they continue to cover up operation. Now we are just getting to this other monster story um, about how the far the breadth of this oversight, excuse me, this subpoena went. And uh, it's going to take some time, John. It really is. It's actually a remarkable process. And you know, we, we talked about all the work that you and Devin Nunes did and then reporters like myself and others did peeling back an onion. This is a bigger and more complicated onion now because we now realize the FBI not only you know, colluded with a Democratic campaign to create a false investigation of the Republican nominee. They're pressuring social media to censor Americans. They're spying on congressional investigators. They're clearly embedding people in these different criminal cases to make it look like there's entrapment. Certainly, they're giving defendants an entrapment defense. You've got FBI agents being forced to retire because of political bias expressions. And then you have the FBI intruding on the 2020 election by trying to suffocate the what turned out to be true Hunter Biden laptop story, is the FBI salvageable? Should those who want to fix this be working on trying to fix the FBI, or should there be a radical restructuring of law enforcement to rid the FBI and create some new, you know, maybe a, a criminal enforcement agency and an intelligence agency for domestic concerns? So, I, it, I, you know, I'm probably the one guy who should say it's not salvageable after being improperly targeted by them for so long. But I'm going to tell you that it is salvageable, but it needs a wholesale approach. We talked about things like shutting down FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C., disbanding it in its entirety and moving these field agents out into the field to investigate crimes, such as drug trafficking, child exploitation crimes, not political vendettas, and establish a small leadership cadre somewhere outside of Washington, very small. Um, that only needs to handle administrative matters on down. These agencies and departments have gotten too big and too powerful because Congress has allowed their budgets to expand to keep hiring and hiring more people to fill these roles that you have identified to serve one purpose, retribution and how they can use the system for personal gain. And we have to get rid of that entire leadership. We have to take their money, this Congress, coming in better shut down the pipeline of money going into the FBI, the DOJ, and the IC until they start cooperating and we know the breadth of their corruption. It's the power of the purse that the House will have that can, if they leverage it, they can actually make a difference, right? Yes, 100%, because it's the only thing, John, you know this, that these agencies, these behemoths will listen to is money. Not, and it's not their money. It's our money. Our taxpayer dollars are going in to these spying operations. They use taxpayer money to spy on the House Intelligence Chairman and his staff when they were exposing corruption at their agencies. That is retribution um, of the highest order. And we have to figure out a way to save these agencies because they do, um, in the long run, serve a good purpose. And we just have to find out a way back to restoring that purpose. That's amazing. That's really what it is. And, you know, for someone who's had 
some true grievances against the FBI personally because of the way you were treated. The idea that you still stand behind the men and women and the concept of the mission is, I think, pretty extraordinary. And I think a lot of people feel that way. It's so funny. Some people say, well, you're such a critic of the FBI. I'm like, no, I'm not. Actually, most of what I reported came from FBI officials who were concerned about the conduct of their agency. The vast majority of men and women like you, when you were a federal prosecutor, they came into government to just do their job. And they're just concerned that the politicos at the top of the agency are corrupting an otherwise good agency. Do you think with 20 whistleblowers now confirmed talking to Congress in the last year that there's a moment of reckoning, a moment of reflection? Can someone like a Chris Ray or someone else come back and say, you know what, maybe we have gone too far? No, Chris Ray is, is, if not the largest problem, then maybe the second one. He has had his chance. We went to him with the opportunity in Russiagate. And so many times afterwards say, this didn't happen on your watch, but are you going to allow the cover-up? You're going to be worse than the crime itself. And he has allowed the cover-up for the Hunter Biden laptop story. He has allowed the cover-up for so many FBI agents um, to come in and make political-based domestic terrorism labels. And we have to just wholesale change this leadership structure at DOJ and FBI. And it starts with Chris Wray. And it starts with bringing him to Capitol Hill and forcing him to testify. And when he does not have the excuse of leaving on a government-funded private jet so he can go on holiday rather than answer these questions. These questions are going to be tough. They're going to be brutal for him. Why did you authorize an investigation into us, the United States Congress, based on what information? And who were the actors, John? We're going to need to know every single one of them. And I guarantee you, I'm willing to bet, that it's a lot of the same corrupt FBI folks we've been talking about all these years. Yeah, and probably in the same offices where that were involved, going back to Russia collusion, the Washington Field Office, the Counterintelligence Division, you start to see it's the same Kabbalah group whose finger is always in the dirty drink when the stuff comes out. There are lots of different players that in the last 24 hours have expressed concern about what happened to you and, and what happened to Devin Nunes in there. You've got Senator Grassley, you've got Congressman Jim Banks, currently the head of the Republican Study Committee, Jim Jordan, the House Judiciary Republicans. There are some, like your former boss, Devin Nunes, who's been very overt in saying this is bigger than any one congressional committee, that what we really need is a church committee, a super panel that looks at the whole government law enforcement apparatus and tries to come up with systemic solutions do you think the current leadership of Congress, the Kevin McCarthy's, the Jim Jordan's, the Steve Scalise's, the dean of the Senate and Chuck Grassley, have the wherewithal, have the big picture capability to do a church committee? And would you personally advocate that that's a good solution? Some of those people most definitely do. Having served with them and worked for those guys back in the day, I've seen firsthand the level of commitment they have to our rule of law and congressional oversight. What they will need is top cover. Um, from a Speaker of the House, whoever that ends up being, to support the demands for documents and subpoenas of witnesses. That has to happen along with the power to control the purse. If they're willing to do those those things, then this style committee, and yes, I'm in favor of it, uh, can happen and can occur. But what it cannot be is some generic blue ribbon panel to just go out there and say, okay, we're going to look at stuff and then burn money and come out with a meaningless report. They have to be willing to go all the way down every rabbit hole. And if that's the structure of a church committee or a style committee, I'm all for it. And they can call me on day one if they need help on where to look. But they have to be willing to swing like Devin Nunes was willing to swing um, uh, during Russiagate. And as you said, he's right. This isn't just a one committee issue. This shows the length that they went to 
um, to come after and target us. Who else? Again, not just on Intel. What other committees did they go after? Did they go after judiciary staffers? What about over in the Senate? Did they go after Chuck Grassley's people? I mean, all of these folks were in, uh, in the line of constitutional oversight with us um, some five years ago. So there's so many questions they have to answer. And Chris Ray and, uh, and Merrick Garland should not be able to leave their seats um, in the congressional witness stand until every one of those answers is complete. It's really pretty remarkable that these issues have to be taken at a 30,000-foot level. There are so many different scandals, but they add up into one large picture. And it's going to take some real leadership for someone to say, we got to get the whole picture. It's like what happened after 9-11, right? We knew it wasn't just an FBI failure or CIA failure. It wasn't just what happened in Kuala Lumpur or at the uh, flight academies in Phoenix. There were systemic issues. And I think the picture that we're now getting is very similar, which is, we now have a systemic problem in federal law enforcement and intelligence, and someone has to step back and say, we're going to put the whole thing together, not a little bit of it. We're going to put the whole thing together, and I hope that person steps to the forefront soon and gets that going. It seems like Kevin McCarthy would be the natural person if he were to be the leader. He could put that together and say, here's the panel, here are the outsiders, here are the insiders, here's how we do it, and it's going to be interesting to see what that looks like. As you look out over the new year, the Republicans are going to have a target-rich environment for investigations. Afghanistan, the border, the FBI, the, including the whistleblowers, what happened here elsewhere. What are your top five investigation recommendations for your old colleagues in the House Republicans? Yeah, you know, maybe selfishly and biasedly, DOJ and FBI, to include what just what we just broke, but we're talking about years worth of corruption at DOJ and FBI and many operations include that span the Hunter Biden laptop, that span the um, election rigging with the social media and big tech companies and so much more. The second one should be the border and the third one should be all things Fauci. And here's the thing, Republicans can't go after everything. They have to split it up and send it to the committees of appropriate jurisdiction and get good, great chairmen and women to lead those committees in each one of the investigations. And we got to start hammering on all of them at once. So uh, hopefully they can do that. And hopefully um, they will have the gumption necessary to follow through on these investigations. Because we now know how corrupt the deep state is at, this, at, at our government, this government, <laughs> at our government, tragically. They, their job is to uncover it for us, the American people. Yeah, it's really a pretty important moment in our history to appreciate that this generation of leaders is going to shape what sort of democracy, constitutional republic, civil liberty society we're going to have. Because if this isn't confronted, if this isn't fixed, we're seeing an acceleration of these sort of bad behaviors, right? Spying, censoring. You look at these Twitter files, and I want to, as a last thought of the day, there have been a lot of revelations about how much comfort the FBI, the Homeland Security Department, CDC, FDA, all these different agencies had in seeking to use their government power to pressure a private entity to censor Americans. I can't imagine that mindset being there 10 years ago. Why the sudden level of comfort that the First Amendment doesn't apply to free speech in America anymore? It's, it's a continuation of the two-tier system of justice and the hypocrisy that's been laid out by DOJ and FBI. One set of rules for everybody else, and a different one if you're going to internally look at us, and we can move the goalposts. And they've done it with the Hunter Biden laptop. 
They've done it with the uh, COVID origins uh, reporting. They've done it with Afghanistan. And they being big tech, Facebook, Twitter, Google, et cetera, they were all in on it. And we now know the FBI met with them, met with them on a routine basis at the authorization of A.G. Bill Barr and Director Chris Ray. These investigations must encompass all of these matters, including all the documents. And, John, you know this better than anyone. And I'm knowing you as well as I do, you're probably on the document hunt already. But if the, if the government is going to, if our government in Congress isn't going to get them for us, then we can with FOIA. And every one of those documents and every one of those meetings that FBI had with big tech to help censor free speech, to help rig an election, must be made public. And here's the thing. None of those documents are classified. So they can't hide behind the farce that they say, oh, well, everything we did with Twitter and Facebook is classified. That is a total and outright lie. It would be another cover-up of another massive scandal at the DOJ and FBI. So I hope we start with the investigations we talked about, and I hope, oh, hope we have journalists like you who continue the mission to get after the documentation that these other um, companies in the public sector um, ha- have had their uh, collusion, <laughs> if we can't find a better word, with the FBI and DOJ to censor free speech. That should be one of the things that scares anyone and everyone in America. If we are allowed to have a country that censors free speech at the, at the level we have right now, we're just not a free republic anymore. And that's a loss for everybody. That is the big picture that we are all facing. The America that we've known, the assumption that we had a First Amendment that the government wouldn't intrude on civil liberties without an extraordinary reason to do so. That's what's at jeopardy in these next few years if we don't push back. And I know you're going to be determined of all the things you do, whether it's fight with cash, with your great <laughs> books that you now have come out with to educate a new generation of children about what went on. You're in the fight for the long haul. We've got to see how many other warriors are going to come to the table and join that fight because America we've known for 246 years is in peril, I think. And it's going to be amazing to see. Cash, I want to thank you for all you've done, including helping us with the story yesterday, coming on the TV show today, giving us some big picture thoughts on it. And I want to wish you an early Merry Christmas. You have done so much in this last year to try to make America better. We're so grateful for that effort. Thanks so much, John. And thanks for your outstanding reporting. And Merry Christmas to you. And my only ask of you is that you actually get some downtime during the holiday season, John. We're going to need you come January. Ah, uh, We're looking forward to that. Family time is just around the corner, so it's going to be fun for all of us. All right, my friend, we'll talk to you after the new year. Thanks for joining us today. Yes, sir. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. Devin Nunes from our television show last night, next, right after these commercial messages. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, AMAC.us slash Just News to become a four-year member for just 
$30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free social security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash Just News. That's AMAC.us forward slash Just News. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. The man who unraveled the Russia collusion case for America. He's joining us now, Congressman Devin Nunes, the former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee and now the head of Truth Social. Congressman, good to have you back on. Great to be with you. Didn't think I was going to be coming on for something like this, though. I've got to say, uh, this is a shocker, even to those of us who've been in Washington a long time. Uh, you're fighting the Justice Department and the FBI. You're investigating them, and they turn around, start looking at the email and phone records of two of your top investigators. Your reaction when you found out about that earlier today? Well, look, this is just at a minimum. I'm not convinced, you know, looking at the redacted subpoenas that I've seen so far, I think they probably were spying on quite a few of my staff. Now, the only reason they would possibly be doing that is because we caught the DOJ and the FBI coordinating with the Democratic Party in 2016 that bled into 17 in order to spy on the Trump campaign and the Republican Party. We ran an authorized investigation to do that. We were running it in 2017. We then subpoenaed the Justice Department and the FBI. And then lo and behold, at about the same time as as we are investigating them for illegal spying, they go to a grand jury to get what I would call an illegal warrant or subpoena just to target me, the part of the legislative branch at the time. Remember, I'm chairman of the Intelligence Committee at the time. Clearly what they are doing, John and Amanda, is targeting me to figure out what do we know, how do we know it, how do we learn it, what are we going to do with the information, and secondly, most likely, to look for anything that they could potentially blackmail us on. This is, I believe, unprecedented spying in modern political history at this point. It's just sad that it's taken us almost six years to discover it. Mm. 
yeah. And, you know, I think, Devin, for a lot of Americans looking in on this, um, you know, in a normal court case, there are obviously measures that investigators have to utilize. Um, you can't embed phishing software in emails. That was something we saw over the last couple of years in a, in a high profile court case. But talk to us about the constitutionality of this, because I think that that your your average everyday American who's just trying to take care of their family, they see something like this and they think that this absolutely flies in the face of our United States Constitution. Yeah, look, I think there's a couple things that we need to know, and and that is, what did they do? To what extent? Who who exactly were they looking at? Because clearly, I'm the target here, right? They're not investigating uh, some of my investigators and lawyers uh, because it's them. They're trying to do it because they are trying to stop a congressional investigation that I'm leading. So so number one, is that a violation of your Fourth Amendment? rights, because whatever they went to the grand jury, we don't know what they used at this point, but I don't know what they possibly could have had. So there there are no constitutional grounds that they could have used to to start this investigation and conduct this investigation. And in fact, you know, if they really did think that my staff was doing something wrong, they should have came to me immediately. Uh, they should have went to the the House leadership uh, immediately and said, "Hey, we think that uh, these are these staffers are potentially Russian spies," and they didn't do that, from what we can tell. So whatever they did, I'm sure whatever is under that warrant uh, is a lie, just like we caught them lying in 16 and 17 on the FISA court applications to spy. Uh, Congressman, this um, moment where they're looking at your staff, December, November, December 2017, is probably at the most sensitive moment in the investigation. You're a couple of months away from putting out your first report, now known as the Nunes Memo. All, by the way, all corroborated, all proven to be true in, the, in, the, in retrospect. Uh, and you're fighting with Rod Rosenstein and the, uh, Chris Ray to get documents that they don't want to give you because it's going to show some of the abuses and failures. Um, if there was ever a moment that your investigation was at its most sensitive, it's right when the subpoenas drop. Why do you think they targeted that time? Well, look, the timing is suspicious because we pretty much put together in September and October of 2017 that they had used the Clinton and DNC paid for dirt that they helped to supposedly fake a fake cooperation that they then supplied to the FISA court. So my guess is we were trying to put that out in the late fall, early winter of 2017. I think at that point, DOJ and FBI don't realize that we know this. And so we end up, we had, we got delayed. We end up not putting this out until February of 2018, but that was right in that time frame. So they would have had a clear insight uh, into what we were thinking, what our team was thinking, what our team was doing, who we were talking to uh, as we began to put together the documents that ultimately uh, we made public to the American people, which we had to take an unprecedented step and use a tool that the Congress has never used before. And that was to make so-called, and I say so-called, classified information, uh, because they always deem things classified that they don't want out in the public. It was nothing that was going to harm the national security. Nobody was going to die, even though at the time, you had the top people at the Department of Justice and the FBI lie during that time frame to say that, oh, my gosh, this is going to really jeopardize national security. All the while they knew they were just on the, uh, in on the cover up. And look, 
Ultimately, we made 14 criminal referrals. Those went to Durham. We have seen Durham struggle by trying to bring cases in the Washington, D.C. area where people have been acquitted. He has yet to bring any charges against the FBI or the Department of Justice officials, which I think sounds fishy because clearly what Durham has laid out is a great case against these officials. And here you have another piece of what I would say very important information about lying and misleading Congress, and in this case, really obstructing attempting to obstruct our investigation by turning their spying capabilities onto me, the very one who was busting them for the illegal surveillance that they were engaged in. Hmm. Devin, very quickly before we go, we got 30 seconds left. What does it take to unpoliticize the DOJ and the FBI? <laughs> I think the only thing that's going to work is what we've talked about on this show is Congress is going to have to conduct an investigation. Ultimately, they're going to have to put together a full-blown commission made up, I think, of not only members of Congress, possibly of people on the outside, and they're going to have to tear apart the Department of Justice piece by piece by piece and make it all public so that every everybody knows. Yeah. Because I, sadly, I think it's going to be hard to to bring justice against these people at this point with the Biden Justice Department in charge. All right, folks, don't touch those AirPods yet. We're going to have one more great interview. Monica Crowley, my good friend, the host of the Monica Crowley podcast, former Treasury Department senior official advising Donald Trump and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. Up next, Monica Crowley right after the commercial break. Hey, folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. 
If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. My next guest, one of my best friends, one of the greatest thought leaders of the last quarter century. When I think of all the things she did at Fox, all the things she did at the Treasury Department, what she does every day on her brand new podcast, The Monica Crowley Show, I realize that the conservative movement is in great hands because she is providing the sort of clarity and thought leadership that conservatives need all around this country. She's my good friend, Monica Crowley. Monica, great to have you back on the show. Oh, it's so good to be back with you, John, and thank you for that incredibly kind and generous introduction. Now I think I've got to take you with me wherever I go so that you can just... You <laughs> Count can me in. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> we'll tour the country and see if we can fix the darn place. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely, and I'm so happy to be with you, and right back at you. You were one of my dearest friends as well, and a tremendous thought leader, and you've built tremendous uh, publications and businesses, including just the news. So I am so proud of you and proud to be with you. I'm blushing on the inside. I'm so excited for your podcast because I mean, everyone remembers you in your Fox role. They remember you in the radio show, your incredible work at the podium at the Treasury Department advising Secretary Mnuchin and President Trump. But this is a really exciting show. It's right away become one of my favorite podcasts. What's the inspiration? I mean, just uh, the podcasting world is pretty fun, isn't it? It's so much fun. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I was approached years ago to start a podcast when podcasting was just starting. And I am the most untech person in the world. Like, there, <laughs> there is not a day go, goes by, John, that I don't miss my Blackberry. Okay. All so right. This, this is what we're talking about. So I, I didn't quite get it. You know, when it was first pitched to me years ago, I didn't quite understand the whole concept. And I was off busy doing other things like Fox and radio and all this other stuff. Um, but now I realize, you know, wow, you know, this is a really great opportunity to be yourself, which, you know, when you're on TV and, you, you know, I'm still on Fox and stuff, but you get five minutes and you're there with an anchor and other guests and so on. This podcast really gives me the opportunity to be myself and to really let it rip. Because again, in other environments, you can't really do that. But my podcast is unfiltered Monica. It is just, and you know what, John, the reason I decided to begin this podcast earlier this year, I decided the time was right, right now to do this kind of a show because the country is hanging by a thread. And we have been in dire straits now in America for quite a while. But what's happening now is on an accelerated time basis to really destroy the country. This is basically the coup de grace. This is the final sinking in of the knife of a grand project that's been going on for decades. You know, people forget that what, what we're seeing now, this is a Marxist revolution in this country with fascist tactics, okay? And people think that it just began with Barack Obama or maybe began with Joe Biden. No, this began as a KGB operation in the 1930s to destroy the United States from within. 
And now, because this has been a long-term project, now we're starting to see the tipping point where the country, you know, communists like Islamic fundamentalists and like the Chinese, the CCP, they think in hundred year cycles, millennia, okay? As Americans, we think in two, four and six year cycles. That's not how our enemies think. So what we are experiencing right now, John, is the culmination of decades of the communist infiltration in this country infiltrating and grabbing control over the major pillars of our society and our life. And now, just like a structure that has been eaten away by termites, where one day the house looks great to the naked eye and the next day the entire thing collapses, that's where we are today. And that's why I decided to take on this podcast and do this show, because we need all hands on deck in order to rescue America before it's too late. I love what you have because you have this ability to cut through all the baloney here in Washington and get to the truth. And sometimes there are hard truths. But at the same time, and I've always said this about you, even when we going back to the days when we worked together at the Washington Times, you have the same optimism about America and what it could do that Ronald Reagan had when he was in his prime. Even in our darkest moment now, you see a moment, just like Reagan saw in 80, that we can make this country better. You still have that optimism that we can make America better. And I think that shines through in every one of your shows. That's why it's become such a favorite of mine. You cut to the chase. There's no baloney. But you also see there's a way the American will, the spirit, the history can help us prevail through this really dark time in our history. And I really appreciate about that. That optimism is irrepressible. It's realistic, but it's irrepressible. And I really love that about the show. And I want to ask you about one of your shows a couple weeks ago. It really caught my ear. I was in the car coming home late at night, and I found myself nodding the whole time. Like, yeah, this is part of the problem. The title of the show was GOP Leadership Fiddles While America Burns. And I'm thinking about this moment where the American people are looking for brave leaders in the Republican Party say, we're going to stop the Marxism, we're going to stop the spending, we're going to stop the inflation, stop the crime. But Republicans seem to be scared to do nothing more than nibble around the edges. The state of leadership in the Republican Party. Let's start with the RNC chair. Are you happy with Ronna McDonald? I am not supporting Ronna McDaniel. She's a very nice person. Um, I thank her for her service as head of the RNC for the last six years, but I am supporting Hermie Dillon because we desperately need a change at the top. You are exactly right about the GOP leadership, which happens to be GOPE or GOP establishment leadership. The, the Republican Party right now has establishment folks at the top that do not have our best interests at heart, do, are, are more than willing to sell America downstream for their own benefit, while the base is now America first. With or without Donald Trump, set aside Donald Trump for a second, the base now is fully America first. And so the disconnect between our leadership and the base and the average Republican voter, and not just that, but disaffected Democrats, John, um, independent voters who are looking for a change and really want to salvage America, they look at the GOP leadership and they're like, what is this? They're all in the same boat and they're all rowing the same direction. So to the extent that we can control it, which is the RNC race, right? Because we're, we're not able to control what happened with the Senate Republicans. They reelected Mitch McConnell. He didn't even have any opposition. Rick Scott, it was a, a very nice guy, but that was a token opposition. Um, and, and then in the House, you know, we'll see how that um, 
how that race for speaker ends up. But the only race that we really have any influence over as the Republican base is the RNC chair. So I am supporting Harmeet. I had her on my podcast last week. Go and listen to that interview. It's fantastic. She, thank you. She gets it and she's not in on it. Those are my two qualifications now for anybody running for office or uh, Republican leadership. You can, first of all, you have to get that the hour is very late in America. You have to understand the nature of the enemy within, and you cannot be in on the destruction of the country. And too many of our leaders, John, are in on the destruction of the country, and we have had enough. Yeah, and you're right about this. There are a whole breed of Democrats that are looking for the Republican Party to close the deal with them, and the elitists that run the Republican Party can't close that deal. They can't bring them in, even though they're knocking on the door. And I think that that's such an amazing moment. All right, so we got Ronna McDaniel. We know where she stands. Let me ask you about Mitch McConnell. I'm going to throw this at you because just a few minutes ago, they released the massive spending bill. It's, I think, 4,000 pages, $1.7 trillion more spending on top of a inflated economy. Mitch McConnell has presided as a leader in the Senate since he was named Majority Whip, I think, back in 2003. Since that time, the national debt has grown from $6 trillion to $31 trillion. So about 70% of all the debt accumulated in the entire history of America occurred since Mitch McConnell had his hands on the leadership of the Senate. Your thoughts about his leadership, his moment right now, and what happens over the next year because he makes this deal and gives Democrats a whole year of spending. I will give Mitch McConnell credit for one thing, which is shepherding judicial nominees when we've had Republican presidents, and in particular Donald Trump, shepherding those conservative judicial nominees through the Senate process of confirmation and getting them on the bench. That is a huge achievement, and I give him a lot of props for that. Okay, now setting that aside, uh, Mitch McConnell is a Republican swamp creature. He's been there for many years. Um, His wife, Elaine Chao, has been cabinet secretary for a couple of Republican presidents. So they are deeply, deeply entrenched in Washington, D.C. and the swamp. They know how the swamp works. In many ways, they lead the swamp. And it is a huge problem. You know, let's 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 just consider for a second that Mitch McConnell and his wife have deep ties to communist China and have profited hugely um, in legal ways, but have profited hugely from the CCP run communist China. Um, you, you cannot then um, attack Joe Biden and the Biden family for being compromised by the CCP because they've gotten tens of millions of dollars from enterprises linked to the CCP and the PLA. You can't credibly attack Joe Biden and the Democrats for that when your own leadership is just as guilty of the exact same thing. So Mitch McConnell is compromised. He is uh, one of them. And I just want to raise something that President Nixon said to me when I worked with him in the mid-1990s. He said to me, Monica, I have more respect for a true believing communist than I do for an American Democrat. Because a true believing communist will tell you exactly who they are, what they believe, and what they intend to do. And he said, but the American Democrat will just dress it all up in fancy language and pull the wool over your eyes. Well, I would I would change that. I would alter that a little bit um, to bring it up to date in the 21st century, John, and say I have more respect for 
a Democrat in America like an AOC or a Bernie Sanders who tells you exactly who they are, what they believe and what they intend to do than I do for a Republican establishment figure like a Mitch McConnell or a Mitt Romney, because they tell you one thing about supporting limited government and fiscal responsibility. And then the second they have the chance, they vote against those things and with the Democrat communists now running the country into the ground. So I, I have zero respect for a Mitch McConnell or a Mitt Romney. By the way, when it comes to Romney, I want my vote back from 2012. Can I get that back, John? Refund, please. I'll throw it, please. Yeah. There is an entire wing of the party that looks more like the Democratic Party than the Republican Party. And when you think about the moments of greatness that have been achieved in conservatism, Ronald Reagan shrinking government, Newt Gingrich working with Bill Clinton and forcing a balanced budget for the first time in forever, fiscal conservatism, fiscal Having your fiscal house in order has always been one of the leading edges of conservative success. The Trump tax cuts proving that you can generate more tax revenue by lowering taxes. All of those things are moments where fiscal conservatism has prevailed and Americans have benefited. But it seems like with McConnell and McCarthy and a lot of the leaders that are currently in the, in place right now, there's not even, not even lip service to fiscal conservatism. How does the party get back to its roots, to the Ronald Reagan small government? fiscal responsibility agenda? You know, we, I, I have huge respect for President Trump. As you know, I, was, I think I was his very first supporter in the media about 72 hours after he came down that escalator in June of 2015. I was on with Bill O'Reilly and Don Imus, and they were all laughing at him. And I said, stop laughing. Do not underestimate him. He's going to pull the whole thing off. And Trump never forgot that. And he raises it with me every time I talk to him. He's like, Monica, you were there day one. I was like, yes, sir, I was. So tremendous respect for him. But he was a big spender, too. Yeah, that's right. And, he and was. I remember sitting at the Treasury Department, looking out my window out of my beautiful office in that spectacular building, looking over at the White House and just trying to send vibes like, stop spending. <laughs> stop spending. Uh, that was the one thing that absolutely drove me crazy, but it drove me crazy about George W. Bush and George H.W. Bush. Even Ronald Reagan, you know, tried to rein in government a little bit, but what we are facing now really does require strong, gutsy leadership, and it requires a disruptor. So Trump was an absolute disruptor. He's running again. We're going to see how that plays out. He will probably have a challenge from uh, people like Ron DeSantis and, and others. That's great. I, wa I want a robust primary, but I want this issue discussed. And of course, no politician ever wants that because nobody wants to take away the goodies. President Nixon used to say, once you get a government program in place, you can never, you never get rid back. of it. Right. And so now that we've been through the COVID crisis, people now are conditioned for freebies from the government checks and so on. You've got far left jurisdictions in California and Oregon and Washington State just giving out like universal base income that once you go down that road, then you are really in a Marxist system. And that's exactly the objective. So it's going to require a lot of very strong, courageous leadership. And Donald Trump paved the way. He did a lot of the political blocking for these candidates to be unafraid of the press. And you know what? I see Ron DeSantis has really taken that to heart. He has allowed Trump to do the blocking and pave the way for him. Ron DeSantis does not give a flying wit 
what the Washington Post or the New York Times has to say about him. He just goes and does the right thing. So we need more leaders like that who are unafraid to touch this you know, third rail of government spending and pull a lot of this back. The good news, John, is that you know nobody is talking about like pulling your social security check. What we're talking about is that there is so much waste, fraud, redundancy, and abuse in the federal government that we need someone to come in and just wield the ax and start slashing all of this unnecessary spending and have the guts to do it. Yeah, they could save a billion or two billion dollars just getting rid of stupid studies that the NIH does. I mean, things that make have zero benefit to the United States taxpayer, but they do it because some academic thought it would be fun to use tax dollars to study, you know, these crazy issues. And there's just so many places where the government can be tied. And here's a, this is an amazing thing, and it isn't a legacy of the Trump economy. In 2022, we collected five trillion dollars in taxes. Tax revenues kept growing because Donald Trump cut taxes and that, that created the economy to be stronger. How can the government not live in five trillion? It shouldn't be that hard to just balance the buzzard at five trillion in and out, but we can't even seem to do it at five trillion. It's, it's absolutely insane. Do you think it's time for Mitch McConnell to step aside? Would you, would, if you, if you were get a chance, you look him in the eye right now. What would you tell Mitch McConnell? In an ideal world, 100%. To, and make the appeal to not just the Republican Party, but make the appeal to him about saving America. But you know what? Honestly, he just won re-election. So I guess he's going to sit there for in the leadership until uh, something happens. Yeah. But, you know, the, the, the point is, and this is really hard for uh, Americans like us who love this country so much to hear, John, but our, our leadership, with a few exceptions, really doesn't care. They don't care about the American people per se. They don't care about our children and our grandchildren uh, saddling them with all of this debt. They don't care that the country is hanging by a thread. So that they either, they either, let me put it this way. They either don't get how late the hour is and the nature of the threat. They either don't understand that, which would explain why so many of them are operating like it's 1987 and they're dealing with like Reagan and Tip O'Neill and they all go out for drinks after. Or, or like even more recently, 2015, pre-Trump, right? Like they all want to go back to that period of time when it was, um, it was plush and luxurious and easy for them to be in Congress with all the perks and, you know, go along to get along kind of stuff. We are so far past that. So our leadership either doesn't understand what time it is or they don't care. But in either case, John, we've got to bounce these people. McConnell needs to go. I think McCarthy gets it. Um, I, I hope he does. Um, Trump is behind him. We'll see how all of that plays out. But we need a change at the RNC as well, which is now deeply corrupt with all of this back scratching and self-dealing and all the other stuff that's going on. So nothing changes unless something changes and nothing changes if nothing changes. So to the extent we have some control in terms of nominating America first candidates when we have the chance in primaries, getting them elected in general elections, but also these other organizations and leadership. We've got to keep our hands on the tiller here and get in people who get it and are not in on it. Yeah, it's so important that the grassroots of the party begin to exert the sort of influence that makes leadership change. Because without a leadership change, the party is going to keep wandering. And the more it wanders, the less likely it is 
to win elections. And so we're at that moment where the grassroots of the party could have an enormous impact on the future of conservatism and the Republican Party. It's going to be so interesting to watch. I want to turn to one thing that happened overnight. It's kind of extraordinary. A judge in Arizona is going to allow Kerry Lake to go to trial and try to prove that Maricopa County inappropriately interfered in the voting of people who showed up on election day. Pretty historic moment, maybe not Bush v. Gore 2000, but a pretty extraordinary moment for a county that's had 10 consecutive years of election problems. No one seems to get it right. How big a deal is it that a court is actually going to hear how bad things were in Maricopa County? This is huge, and everybody should be standing with Kerry Lake right now. The fact, you know, we just talked a lot about the Republican establishment. The fact that they never supported her and are certainly now have totally abandoned her, telling her to give up the fight when, yes, that election was rigged. We know that. Look, the, the, the deep state has been at this for decades, right? And we saw what happened with President Trump in 2020. The deep state cannot allow existential threats to their absolute grip on power to proceed. Hence, the constant wave after wave of uh, destructive stuff against Donald Trump and Carrie Lake, who was basically Trump in a skirt, right? So they could never allow her to become governor of Arizona. So they, they pulled all kinds of shenanigans to withdraw that race from her. So the fact now that they're going into trial tomorrow, where you are going to have um, exposed in open court the evidence of the things that they did and have Katie Hobbs, the Democrat candidate for governor, uh, have to take the stand and testify, among others, is going to be a remarkable moment. Everybody needs to be supporting Carrie Lake and supporting her right now because the GOP establishment just wants her to go away. She's too much of a disruptor like Trump was. So this is our chance to show her. I'm all over Twitter. I'm going to send out a tweet today supporting her and so on. And she knows it. I've had her on my podcast. She is extraordinary. And if we don't fight back, I mean, God for her that she's willing to fight back and not go gently into that good night. We need more and more people exactly like that. Let's see in open court the evidence. Let's hear the testimony. And then we can go from there. Yeah, it's going to be a dramatic few days. And a county that has literally had 10 years of not being able to run an election is going to get exposed in a courtroom for the first time. It's not going to be fiction or conspiracy theory anymore. It's going to be real facts. I think it's going to be an amazing moment. We're going to be covering that stem to stern. I'm really excited about it. I want to finish with something because it just happened a little bit ago on Twitter. And it's interesting to me because I think it's a little story about a much bigger moment in our country's history. Elon Musk just endorsed someone's tweet about something I've been talking about for quite some time, the need for a church committee, the 1970 Senate committee that looked at the FBI and CIA abuses and created new civil liberty protections. And we had a, you know several decades of fairly decent civil liberty protections against the FBI or CIA interfering in our lives without justification. The last six to eight weeks, we've had extraordinary revelations. Last night, the revelation that the Justice Department and FBI were spying on Devin Nunes' staffers, taking their private email with a grand jury subpoena right in the middle of their effort to unravel the, the fake Russia collusion story. Twitter, there's now irrefutable evidence that the FBI was targeting Americans and saying, censor that American, not a Russian disinformation artist, an American. You go back to the effort to mislead the court 
not follow the rules on FISA warrants, some of the other abuses that we see in the failure in the Michigan sex abuse case with all the Olympian stars. The FBI seems so extraordinarily broken. It seems like our civil liberties are more at jeopardy than any time in my adulthood. Do you think America is ready to have a real conversation about the FBI and is a church-style commission the way to go? I think Americans are long past ready for this kind of conversation about the deep state and not just the FBI and DOJ, as corrupt as they are, but the CIA, which the CIA's charter is for foreign enemies. It's to to monitor and um, and and make sure that America's foreign enemies do not attack the United States and our interests, right? Well, they have been violating that for a very long time. The CIA has been acting illegally in terms of domestic spying for a long time. You know, uh, around Labor Day, I woke up one day because I have had the pleasure and the honor of working for two American presidents. President Nixon, during the last years of his life, and of course, President Trump at the Treasury Department during his administration. And one day, John, toward the end of the summer, I sort of, I, I, I don't even know what I was doing, but I had this like a lightning bolt. This was definitely a hand of God <laughs> moment for me um, because it, it dawned on me that we have now seen 50, if not 60, even 70 years of deep state corruption in this country where the deep state, it's, and it's all of the intelligence services and law enforcement services in America have been weaponized against us. And in particular, against leaders in this country that threatened their absolute grip on power. And I, I have this lightning bolt moment, John, where I, I put together both, both of my presidential bosses, the 50-year arc from Richard Nixon through Donald Trump, and how any, any American leader who steps forward and says, I'm going to reform this, I am going to raise it all to the ground, we are going to make wholesale changes in the way this country is run, root out all of the corruption, those leaders then must be destroyed. And the way they are destroyed, the way Richard Nixon was, the way Donald Trump was um, in many ways, but, uh, but there are others as well. Now we're seeing revelations from the Kennedy assassination that the CIA was involved in taking out one of our most beloved presidents. But also I, you go all the way through Clarence Thomas, Robert Bork, Brett Kavanaugh, uh, George W. Bush, war criminal, Ronald Reagan with Iran-Contra. Sometimes they succeed in removing these people. Sometimes they don't, but they always succeed in weakening them. And I think now when you look at this 50 or 60 year arc from, say, JFK to Richard Nixon through Donald Trump, I think it is dawning on many of the American people that, wait a minute, the real power in this country is not in the White House or in Capitol Hill. It's with this shadow government that is unelected and unaccountable and either the, the perfect person, and I was talking about this the other day on my podcast, John, the perfect person that symbolizes this is Peter Strzok, because Strzok was moving silently between the intelligence agencies and law enforcement, so DOJ, FBI, CIA, NSA. He was moving between these agencies in a stealth kind of way to destroy Donald Trump, to sort of maneuver America where their deep state wants. 
So that is a long way of saying that I think the American people are waking up to this. It's beginning to be exposed. And you do need you do need a public airing of this. So I, I like the idea of the church commission or something similar. But, John, you've got to make sure that everybody on this commission and the staff are not part of the deep state. Again, you can't have people who are in on the giant conspiracy actually trying to look at the conspiracy. We have been through that. The the um, Russia hoax, that was a cover-up of what the deep state was doing. The January 6th committee is a cover-up of what the deep state is doing. The two fake impeachments of Donald Trump are a cover-up of what the deep state was doing. Watergate and the removal of Richard Nixon was a cover-up of what the deep state is doing. So we have for, for far too long been the patsies for all of this. And I think the American people are waking up. A commission's a great idea, but you got to make sure that the commission is not also compromised. Such good advice in such a moment. 2023 could be a really amazing year if people really stick to their guns and force accountability, use the purse strings of the House, use the investigative powers of the House. It's going to be very important to watch whether people like Jim Jordan and James Comer can deliver on the sort of big change that Americans are demanding. People are tired of the government abusing its power. It's time now to end it. And it'll be interesting to see if that happens. Monica, it's always an honor to have you on the show. I'm such a huge fan of your podcast. Folks, if you haven't had a chance, go on Apple, go on Spotify, go on all the platforms. It's everywhere. It is a must listen to show, the Monica Crowley podcast. Go check it out today. I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and really looking forward to working with you in the new year. Oh, thank you so much, John. It's always such a pleasure to join you. I really appreciate it. And Merry Christmas to you and your family and to all of your listeners. We're excited. We're going to have a good holiday season coming up. So have a good one. God bless you. We'll talk to you after the new year. You bet. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these messages. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. It's hard to believe, but that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. I'm really grateful that each of you could join today. A lot of great discussions about the FBI, about the debt and reckless spending for years and years and years. The Democrats seem to have a deal with Mitch McConnell to spend another $1.7 trillion next year, cutting out the House Republicans. That will add to the deficit and the debt. 31 trillion will soon become 32 trillion. 
the legacy of Mitch McConnell as a debt loader is becoming more and more clear in a great conversation with Monica Crowley about that. And of course, reforming the FBI, maybe a church committee. A lot of people had a conversation about that. Devin Nunes, Cash Patel, Monica Crowley, all in agreement something big like that needs to happen to rein in the FBI from being a domestic political spy agency back to the great national security and law enforcement agency. It has been for most of its existence. Some real prescient thoughts there. All right, one more time. People are asking, hey, John, remind me one more time. How can I get involved with Birch Gold, get gold and silver into my retirement accounts, hedge my bets, stop the bleed in my 401k and IRA from the stock market? Very simple. All you got to do, text the word just news to 989898. One more time, text the word just news to 989898. 98, and you're going to claim your free info kit on gold. You get to talk to one of the precious metal specialists. And if you act now, you get a free gold back for every 5000 bucks that you purchase in gold and silver for your retirement accounts. A really great offer. Just news. Text it to 989898 to get started on that great opportunity. All right, folks, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of Pay up letters, millions I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews.